Max, this beer is delicious. Where did you get it? I got these beers at Spike's Bottle Shop right here in Chico, California. That one over Alvis first? That's the exact one. And they've partnered with your favorite local beer and movie podcast. You mean this one? Indeed. Fresh Hop Cinema to give our listeners 10% off just by knowing our super secret passcode. Which is and forever will be FHC. That's right, folks. Go on down there. Support them because they support us. Promo code FHC. Get 10% off any beer purchase. And per usual, just wanted to take a second to let you know what independent musician you're currently hearing. This is Taya. This is her song, The Way, from her debut EP, Bad Seed. If you like what you're hearing, you can check out her music anywhere online. You can stream it on Spotify or go buy it on iTunes. Once again, that's Taya, T-E-A. So go check her out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome again to Fresh Hop Cinema. That was Johnny Summers. I'm Max Minardi. And together we are Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a show where we talk about all sorts of movies, all sorts of craft beer, all sorts about ourselves, and everything in between those three things, however you figure the in-between is. In-between yeah. is where we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Uh, thanks for tuning in. If it's your first time, thank you for tuning in for the first time. If you're a long time listener, thank you for being that way. You're welcome. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. I think so. uh, a little bit more, I don't know about lighthearted. We had a pretty heavy episode last week. Yeah. Well, when you watch a movie like a ghost story, it's impossible not to have a really serious conversation. Yeah. That was ridiculous. I loved it. I loved every second of it. Maybe the, my favorite podcast we've ever done. It was, I, I felt thoroughly good about it. Yeah. No, I haven't even gone back and listened to it, but if you're a, li- a listener t- to this, you should, because mm-hmm. I I feel very strongly about that podcast. I'm going to listen to that again in like a year and just really enjoy reliving that. Yeah. Uh, that said, we are moving on from a ghost story last week into uh, The Dark Tower, Stephen King adaptation made into a movie uh, by Nick Arcells, a director featuring Matthew McConaughey, Idris Elba uh, as our two main characters. And in order to properly enjoy A Dark Tower... We felt, well, young Maxwell felt Thank you. that we should be drinking none other than dark sours. Yeah, so we're featuring dark sour beers today. To go with our dark towers. Um, Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, by, by Boulevard Brewing and Crux Fermentation Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're starting off with a dark not sour. Yeah, we wanted to, we had a, some catching up to do and, and we're drinking a pre-show beer. Yeah. Do you want to say what it is since you brought it? Yeah, I brought over a 2014 dark beer. Uh, dark, mm-hmm. Almost said 2014 Dark Swan. Oh no! I don't know why I was thinking of that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, 2014 Bourbon County Yeesh. from Goose Island. There's birds involved. That's what threw me. Geese, mm, swans, yep. long-necked, white, supple birds. Good save. Well played. Yeah, they're both delicious. Uh, yeah, and it's super good. It's three years old. Have you had it? I meant the birds. Okay. <laughs> well, I meant the beers. Yeah. No, this is a 2014 uh, Bourbon County, and it's been aging obviously since then in a cellar. It's really good. It was mm-hmm. a bit of a catch-up slash celebratory beer. I kind of just quit my job 
uh, in lieu of more exciting and less stressful ventures because money is not everything. And sometimes you got to just I feel like I de-stress. have to. I wouldn't normally call you out on that one, but in lieu actually means like with without, like lacking of. I thought it meant instead of. It no, it means like for so like, <clears throat> um, no, yeah, it's almost not the opposite of that. But you're like, I don't even remember how I used it at this point. You're saying in lieu of greater adventures, and you're, oh, that's you that's absolutely going, incorrect. You're going for greater adventures. Yeah, yeah. So I, I totally to, did that wrong. Yeah, just words are hard. I want people to know that you are moving on to greater things. Yes, yes. In lieu of being successful, right. and doing greater things. <laughs> yes, I am now going to be homeless. No, yeah. So moving on to to a new. Th- New thing, pretty yeah. excited. So we needed to celebrate a little bit, and right. Hence little the Bourbon County, yeah. Bourbon County, country, Bourbon County. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Bourbon <clears throat> Country is not a. It's not a thing. It could be a thing, but it's not this thing. That should be our Bourbon podcast that we start. Yeah, just call it Bourbon, bourbon Country. Bourbon Country. Yeah, we can just we can review different types of bacon and different types of bourbon. Great. We'll call it Bourbon Bacon Country. BBC. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong with the searches. Um, I want to talk before we get into these beers in this movie. I want to talk about myself a little bit and what I was telling you right before the show. My new favorite thing in my life. Uh, yeah. I learned about it on a podcast. It was a the TED Radio Hour. Yeah, um, and it's an app called One Second Every Day, and it's not a new app. Um, it's been around for a while, but it's become highly successful, right? Yeah, and um, it's Dude's a, killing it. Yeah, it's a five dollar app, and it was developed by the psychologist who uh, has studied the way that we as humans perceive time differently as we grow older. Um, how it seems to go by much uh, much slower when you're a kid. Uh, like if your parents told you you're going on like an hour car ride, that seemed like a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, but now as, as you get older, that an hour is nothing. Uh, if you're interested, this TED Talk was called uh, Shifting Time. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Um, and uh, so it's, it's essentially his thesis was that as, we, as our brains start to archive more data, it takes longer and longer to filter through it. So it gives us a perception that uh, we're moving faster through time, essentially. And also, like, it was just how we remember everything, but it's stored so deep. Like, mm-hmm. just seeing one second of it, you can remember the whole day. So the app, the idea, essentially, is you take a short video every day, it cuts it down to one second, and over a certain amount of time, however long you catalog this for it, it makes it into one long video where you get one-second snippets of your life, and it takes you back to that moment for, for just a second. And uh, you get to kind of chronicle your life that way. So mm-hmm. I've been doing it for about three weeks. Now, see, I'm usually opposed to apps that like encourage you to pick up your phone mm-hmm. even more frequently, but I feel like this is kind of a cool way to, to just to document life and maybe the minuscule details that someday might mean something. You know, you never know when you're going to like forget a significant day, right? So the so far in your experiences with this app, are you enjoying it? I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, even two weeks into having it, I had gone back and forgotten things. I, I watched my first two weeks and had forgotten two or three days. So we do so much all mm-hmm. the time that just passes us by. We don't even think about it. Yeah. Another bonus that I found is that it's made me or it's encouraged me to do more exciting things. So I know I'm going to have to take a video of something throughout the day. So I might as well make it interesting. You can't be busting out some weak seconds. Right. They got to be. You got to make every second count. You got to hit you know? it hard. Literally at least one second mm-hmm. a day. Yeah. <laughs> Just get green screens. I love how one of your seconds that I saw was Dwight from the office just saying intercourse. Yes. That was magical. Yeah. I, I didn't have any. So what it does is it looks at the timestamp from your videos in your phone. And that was from before I had the app. So I didn't have a consistent 
second for every day. So I just pulled videos that I had and it happened to be mm. me filming the TV in the office playing. So now you just take a video on your phone and then you open the app and it pulls mm-hmm. seconds out of your videos. Yep. That's kind of cool. So there's no editing required. No, you all you have to do is select when it starts and when it ends and it breaks it down into hundredths of seconds so you can pick literally the exact millisecond you want. That's pretty cool. Because I saw the one of you jumping off the rock. Mm-hmm. That was like a good second. Yeah. That was a yeah, killer you, second. Yeah, you fall real quick. Yeah. So it captures a lot. A Grab- second is a long... That's the other thing. I've talked to a couple people about it and the Gravity or the app? The app. Okay. Yes. Um, and some people play it off like, well, a second's not going to be enough time to really... Ca- it's it's going to be a waste of time, essentially. It's more of a bookmark, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, and a second is a long time. You can capture a lot in a video in one second. A video, especially. Yeah. And considering we're carrying around HD supercomputers in all right. our pockets. Yeah. Anyways, that's what's new in my life. I've been really digging that app. One second every day. It's five bucks. If you are into that idea, you should check it out. It's real fun. I do think five bucks is a little steep. It is a little steep. But then again, it's the cost of a latte. That's true. Like our Patreon, guys. It's hey <laughs> Just going to say that. Give us money. Throughout the whole episode. Yeah. I mean, what? it's one soy almond milk Yeah, it latte. doesn't. Whatever it is. Because um, I, don't, I don't get down with the dairy. So yeah. it's, it's got to be an almond milk latte. They really charge you for soy. They give you, they charge you extra. Charge? They charge you extra. No, I just, I don't want cow in my mouth. Fair. I want some little soybeans or some almonds. Yeah. I like almond milk. It's good. Do you, do you when you buy it at the store, do you get, what, what kind do you get? I don't usually buy almond milk. Damn it. The only time I use it really is for coffee. Ew. I guess, see, that's the thing. I've tried almond milk and soy milk and coffee, and it's gross. But I've had it when they foam it up. Mm. It's nice. That's true. Like a, like a cappuccino. Is cappuccino what they foam? They, the one with a lot of foam. I'm so glad you asked me this. Yeah, because you know. Yeah. Uh, so when I was saying coffee, I meant black coffee. So like something you'd add cream to, right? Yeah, I would yeah. use cream for that. Um, and I've, that's what I meant. I've tried almond milk and soy milk. That's but, not that good. No, but but espresso yes. is what they make cappuccino with, and it's, it's yeah, frothed froth milk or yeah. almond milk or whatever. I like the almond milk on a cappuccino. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It gets foamy just and like And it's equal milk. parts espresso milk and foam for what it's worth. That is fantastic. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. I just order the mm-hmm. because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know about the, the anatomy of the coffee. Now you do. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how we got from almond milk, from the app to the almond milk, but yeah. Expensive oh, latte. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, you it's, have a new job. Yeah, I have an app. Yeah, that seems like a good way to. That's a good amount of things to catch up. We on. are <laughs> upbeat. Uh, are you? Yeah, you're all clear in your glass. I am clear. I'm rinsed. I'm I'm lubricated. Do you want to pour this guy? Tell yeah. me what it is while I finish this beer, and I'll awkwardly kind of go off to the side of the mic and you talk. Yeah. So right now we're cracking. Well, I just popped the cork. Uh, it's a corched, corked end cage, not corched. I don't know what a corch is. Uh, Boulevard Brewing Company out of Kansas City, Missouri. This beer is called Changeling. It is a dark sour ale. Comes in a 750 milliliter bottle. It's got a sweet moth on it. I'm assuming that's a reference to the Changeling. Obviously, metamorphosis and whatnot. The pods and the wings and hanging out upside down. Uh, Clocks in at 7.3%. 20 IBUs, which is the international bitterness unit if you've never read anything. Um, if you know nothing at all, if you know nothing, <laughs> that was sarcasm. That was a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, that should just be my name on the show. Deal with it, guys. Yeah. Uh, Best Buy two three seventeen. No batch number, and it's Best Buy the third of February twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, I was gonna say that seems. Yeah, no, we've got a few years on this. Yeah. I'll go ahead and read the back just to give yeah. you guys a baseline, and then we'll lay down our own thoughts. Um, Changeling is an enchanted blend of dark sour ales aged in both wine and whiskey barrels. 
um, side note for me, that is uncommon. Usually dark yeah. sours are aged only in wine. wine barrels or only in whiskey barrels. More so in wine barrels. Uh, it has been inoculated with Britannomyces yeast. It pours a deep ruby with touches of gold at the rim. I like gold around the rim. Leading with the plum and toasty malt, the flavor turns gently but unmistakably tart. Notes of earthy, funky bread and a touch of lingering caramel sing on the long finish, creating a delicate balance. Yeah, I think it's fair to say the thing that you and I are both not thrilled to be tasting, and this is the Brett. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Brett, but I mean, I traditionally speaking really like dark sours. And I'm going to take a full goblet yeah, because it. it's, uh, it's a 7.50 and uh, we got to talk about Dark Tower with dark sours. Yeah, I was hoping... With Jack Bowers. Nope. <laughs> Can <laughs> we get Eddie Jack- Bowers if we were sitting in those chairs? Oh my God, what if we were recording this in an Eddie Bauer Ford Explorer? Then we just, I don't know, also, I feel like we'd just be selling out because those would for sure be sponsorships. Uh, I feel like we should be wearing jean jackets at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be pretty radical. So this beer pours um, brown. Yeah. It's just brown. I don't know. You hold it up to the light. It's got a little bit of red to it, but. Oh, there it is. Like an, an amber hue. Yeah, I have less in my glass. I can see through it, I guess. Well, that's because you haven't filled it up yet. Oh, that's true. You know, I was going to kind of scope it and smell it. I was going to call you a sissy, but then I realized you did a smart thing. Thank you. Yeah. It smells really good, man. It reminds me of a um, consecration a bit. Obviously, I think that's probably goes without saying for the style of beer. Yeah. I think consecration is probably like the, the epitome of this style. Right. I was hoping to get my hands on one, but I didn't have, we, I was telling you that I've had a pretty busy week and I haven't had a chance to, ironically, I'm going down to Santa Rosa next week. So that would have been kind of a nice. Mm, I could have brought nice one. I have one in my fridge. Jag nab it. That's all right. We got some good beers. Communication, today. bro. Oh, uh, you just tasted it. What do you think? I really like this. Uh, it is incredibly effervescent. Mm. The carbonation on this is like turned up to 11 but I really like it. Um, I also like it. It is not overly acidic. It doesn't like burn on the way down. It's definitely more dark beer with like a twinge of sour. Uh, it's really nice. It's kind of well balanced. I, I dig that. It's yeah. This is really good. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I'm tasting in it, but definitely not as acidic. No, it's like um, if you mixed a plum with crushed up shock tarts. I forgot about shock tarts. Dude, how do you forget about shock tarts? Still not quite remembering what they are. They're like, they come in the tube, mm-hmm. like uh, like sweet tarts, mm-hmm. but they're chewy. They've got like a hard candy outside and they're like gummy on the inside almost. Gummy or? Not gummy, more like a starbursty type material. You know what a material. spree is, right? Yeah. Is it like that? No, it's like chewy spree. That's what I meant. Yeah, the chewy spree. Yeah. Not the regular spree, because the regular spree are like, like little- chalky. Yeah. Yeah. The chewy ones, though. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yes, and then they're just this burst of jaw tingling. How sour. big are they? Maybe that. Oh, big they're little. Them. Yeah, because they had the giant chewy sprees. They did those ones that were like the size of a yeah, quarter. Like, yeah, and they're like the size of a fifty cent piece. Those are crazy. Yeah, you got like four and a. That's pack. just ridiculous. Yeah. Let's talk about giant candy for a second. Okay. Have you been down this rabbit hole? Uh, I'm not sure where this is going. They're making some concerningly large candy. We're making some concerningly large people. <laughs> So that is an accurate you know, statement, sir. Uh, uh, no, but, but I don't know what you're talking about. The larger the civilian at the Walmart, the larger the chocolate bar. You got it, you know, supply Have demand. Have you seen like the two pound peanut butter cups from Reese's? No. They're like the size of a small bowl. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, and you can get like three pound Hershey bars now. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen large Hershey bars. I remember back in the day, um, probably 15 years ago, I would see at the, the grocery store, they had those giant Hershey kisses that weighed oh. like a pound. It was just a 
just chunk of chocolate. Just a brick of chocolate. Yeah, and I remember then thinking, like, that is crazy. I remember one year my sister got one of those for Christmas. She just gnawed on a Hershey Kiss mm-hmm. for, like, four days. Did you ever do the Jawbreakers? Oh, I did. Those things were brutal. Yeah. You'd have to carry them around in that weird, <laughs> slimy plastic bag. Oh, God. You had the Ziploc bag, too, Yeah, right? for sure. Ugh. I So, so gross. I had this weird... Again, I don't want to say fetish because we've done this on an episode. You can't be. It was not sexual, so not a fetish, but uh, a very strange obsession with jawbreakers. Fascination, um, more than that. Yeah, I watched Ed, Ed, and Eddie as a kid. Okay, and they had a thing for jawbreakers, so I, I never had one, and I always, and when I finally found one, blew my mind, and I just carry. It was like a little friend. It was like my plank. Yeah, it was plank. plank. Is that what he was from the show? Ed, Ed, and Eddie again. Uh, yeah. But like the big ones, right? The ones that are the size of uh, like a softball. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd go to school with it. <laughs> like you're just carrying it around like a little like baby. it's my little friend. Yeah. yeah. And you know they you'd feel accomplished when you finally got through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did things to your teeth. I swear it rooted through my enamel. Oh yeah. Because you're I just mean, like you're just like sucking on it. Like just, I just it's like, like it's like suck. Yeah. It's you have to do like that's what you have to do. Yeah. You literally you have smash to smash it into your face. You put your teeth on it. And you just imagine trying to suck through a bowling ball. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Except it doesn't have the like if you had maybe the holes where your fingers go in a jawbreaker, yeah. that might help. I saw, you know, a Twix package. Yeah. It's just like the size of like a remote control. It's not remarkable or anything. They have one of those and it's just called a yard of Twix. And it's like a yard. That's, Three I, foot. So I love Twix. I do too. I'll beat up some Twix. What yeah. about the peanut butter Twix? How you feel about? Never that? had it. Don't want it. Twix is perfect. Really? Don't change it. You ain't messing with that. I don't care. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be changed. What about the peanut butter and jelly Twix? Ugh. That's no, a, bro. That's a solution to something that wasn't a problem. That's not a problem you have in your life. No. <laughs> like your lack of diabetes. <laughs> you know that too. I guess. I feel like there's enough sugar in this beer to to give me it, diabetes. It, it, mm, I would. I don't know. It doesn't seem overwhelmingly sweet. Way to bring it back around, by the way. Close. Maybe. So I went to. You remember where Powell's used to be, the candy shop? Uh, right by Burgers and Brew. Uh, it's still there. It's not Powell's anymore. It's called something else, but it's a, it's the same thing. Okay. Uh, I went in there today and I got a half a pound of candy. Yeah. So maybe I am a little bit burnt out on sweet today. Well, how much did you eat today? Candy. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I think there's a few jelly beans left. You savage. What yeah. did you get? Too much to explain, but you know they have the bins, right? You select your own thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are your top four go to oh. with the spoon that you're scooping right. into your bag? I actually don't like the spoon. I like the um, the claws. Oh, I thought you the were going to say I like to just grab them. <laughs> I did. Just stick I, my hand. I grabbed one. Oh. It was I know it was one of those um, sour belts. Okay, and it was like right there. I was like, I'm not going to grab. I'm going to waste my time grabbing the thing. I'm just going to you know. <laughs> and I plucked it out. and It's fine. Yeah. No um, one touched it. You didn't touch anything but the one. Yeah. You t- were exactly. Eat. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that etiquette is acceptable at buffets mm-hmm. as well i think it should be also in aladdin's cave uh yeah only was, take the lamp i was gonna eat it yeah i was gonna eat this goblet and dude. friggin abu yeah you angry stone lion yeah yeah that stone lion was so angry it used to scare me a lot as a kid dude terrifying i did i went swimming this weekend uh, by the flumes in one of the swimming holes that's what i jumped off the rock in. i went swimming this weekend too i saw that yeah um, we swam I, yeah there's was, this did we both swim in the same river this weekend mm. You were in the Sac River? I was in the Feather River. I don't know what I was in. I'm pretty sure you were in the Feather River. I think so. It wasn't the Sacramento River, so no. probably. That's crazy. Anyways, I found this stick, and I helped myself get out of the water with it, and I had to climb over these rocks to this point to jump off of, and it was pointed out that I looked like Jafar when he's the old nice. man version. <laughs> and he's just in his cave. That's and he's got the, the scraggly stick. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, awesome. that's how I looked, I guess. Rad. So you're, uh, you're basically Jafar? Basically. So you be Jafar for Halloween, and I'll be Abu. 
Yeah, and you should be the parrot. Ah, the Gilbert Godfrey parrot. Yeah, yeah. yeah you could just sit on my shoulder. It'd be great. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. You're going to need stronger thighs. That's all right. I got you. All right. Huh. Aladdin. Yeah. I was going to say something clever and witty before that. Damn it. Yeah, it's gone now. Huh. Um, I, what was it? I don't. Nah. Mm. Oh, dude, that's what it was. I found a sweet waterfall uh, that you could, there was like, we went to the spot and there was little pools where you could swim and they were all fed by like this creek and it'd be like tiny waterfall, swimming hole, tiny waterfall, swimming hole, all the way down the side of this, this mountain. Is amazing. That's awesome. So we, me and shout out to Raleigh. Mm. Raleigh was there. Hey. Uh, so we swam all the way up as far as we could get in these swimming holes before, like there was this giant sheer rock wall and just a waterfall and no way up. And we're d-ing around. There's like an overhanging rock, mm-hmm. and we like here's the waterfall and there's an overhanging rock. Like we climbed underneath it and found like a hit, little hidden cave. Nice. Like underneath the waterfall, and there was there's boulders that made up the the little cave. And there was like a f- about five foot tunnel that went through this. You jumped over this little rock wall and there was a tiny little cave, like big enough for two people to stand in. And there was an underwater tunnel that went underneath the boulders and out the waterfall. So you swam it? Yeah. Without knowing where it was going to go? We did a few highly scientific booze field mm. experiments to make sure we weren't going to die. I just want to know what one of those might have been. Raleigh stuck his foot through <laughs> and then I grabbed it. From the other side? Yeah. Oh, so it wasn't a long cave. You could just kind of swim well, underneath. Well, he's lanky as hell. But it's like you... You're, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't... It's way... It's it's way cooler than it sounds. Are you sure? Yeah. It's pretty cool. All right. We were like underwater for a minute and it was dark and it was scary. Yeah. That yeah. whole aspect of just like going under... Well, they, that's terrifying. Yeah. Basically going under... A, I wouldn't say it's a tunnel. It's a couple of boulders with a hole underneath that you can swim mm-hmm. through to get under a waterfall. Yeah. And then you pop out underneath the waterfall. That is cool. Kind of magical. Yeah. Just like the spear. You'll have to show me that sometime. Yeah, but yeah, back yeah, to the beer. Yeah, we should go up there. It's only like 45 minutes away. Great. It's ridiculous. Thoughts on this beer? Uh, Changeling by Boulevard. I love it. I wouldn't change a damn thing about the Changeling. Fair. That's nice. That was a good... You like that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in the same boat. It's really, it's really good. No, this is um, one of the better dark sours I've ever had. Um, it... I think really kind of the first one I had that I, whether it's the best one to measure against or not, is um, Ode de Tarte or Oud Tarte. Oh, yeah. Is that no, brewery? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Not Oud Tarte. Um, the Tarte of Darkness. Also brewery. Which is, uh, yeah, they're both brewery beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oud Tarte is a red, but Tarte of Darkness is a dark sour. It's like a sour brown ale or a sour, I want to say it's a sour brown ale. Okay. Might be a sour stout. Uh, either way, it's a very dark sour and it has a lot in common with this beer. Would that be like a, like a, a dark brown? Is that a is that similar to a La Folie? No, uh, it's more dark than a brown. I want to say it's like a, a sour uh, stout almost. Really? I don't remember. Yeah, we I I almost got it for today, but it was a little bit past our price point. I think. Yeah, but that's okay. It's okay. We're we're saving up to buy equipment and have super famous guests. We're just on. always saving up these days. Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good. Um, well, we our, our sign. As a podcast, we have not reached our zenith. No, no, we haven't. We are in the adolescence of our podcast. Yeah, that feels fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're at, we're working with some new equipment today. Actually, we're still figuring out how our parts work. We're not yeah. sure what does what. Yeah. You know, we're we're waiting to inter- introduce a third player into the equation. It's really a lot like being a young man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. 
No, yeah, nothing. That's my point. Like, I, I appreciate your joke. I'm leaving it there. It's not a joke. It's a fact. Who's the third uh, third thing in the equation? The special guest that we have coming. No, no, no I mean in the adolescent uh, analogy. Oh, that's, that's personal information. Sir. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's none of your business. <laughs> Don't say it. Might have been a dog. Whatever. <laughs> As we both drink. Awkwardly sip our drinks. Mm. Um, no, this beer is really good. I also enjoy it thoroughly. Um, we still have a decent amount left, so I think we should uh, talk about this movie a little bit briefly. Yes. So let's pair some dark towers with our dark sours. Indeed. Uh, yes, yeah, so we mentioned that we're we're discussing the film, The Dark Tower. It's an adaptation of the entire series of was, Stephen King's Dark Tower books. That is a point of debate, is it not? Or a point of contention with fans of the books versus maybe moviegoers? That's, yes. Okay, of course we'll get is. into that because I want to know your take on that as far as books versus movies mm-hmm. and what they covered. Uh, let's do an overall synopsis, and then we'll review the cast a little bit, and then we will start getting into what we liked and what we didn't. Yeah, before we even get to the overall synopsis, I wanted to hit um, just kind of the usual points. Um, it, this was, as numbers go, this is a flop. Pretty no badly. kidding. Yeah, it, they they estimated the budget around $60 million, um, and they made about $20 million. Get out of here. Yeah, and I've read some interviews and speculation about you know, why this might've been the case. And some people say it was promotion. Some people think it was what it was coming out against in the theaters around this time of year. Some people even say it was the awkward lull between the summer blockbuster thing at the beginning of summer. And then the more, and and like the lull between that and the uh, wintry season. Um, I personally think it's because it's a bad movie. Hmm. Um, But also, you know, we went in knowing that it had pretty bad ratings and I, I didn't. I don't oh. pay attention to ratings or movie reviewers other than you when I listen to you speak. Yeah. You're the only other person that reviews movies that I listen to. So there's there's a, a question to be asked about how much hearing about hearing other people's perspectives on something changes your or on on a movie. I'm a firm believer changes it. That it affects your your opinion significantly. Yeah, so there's a chance that after opening weekend enough people saw that critics were crapping all over this movie and just didn't go see it. I feel like maybe if everyone that you know told you this movie was terrible, I liked it. I'm going to put that out there. I thought it was a great movie. I don't know if it was a good enough movie to change your mind about going in thinking it's a terrible movie. Mm. I won't give it that. But if you went in unbiased, I think you might have enjoyed it. I think, yeah, I think if you go in unbiased and are not watching it critically. or And also have not read the books. Yes. But I'm going to put that out right now. Yeah, for the time being, I'm also going to go from go at it from just a, a movie-going perspective. Have you read the books? I read the first book, and apparently, if you count all of uh, Idris Elba's character Roland's appearances in, in the King novels, there's like nine books. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say, there's a ton of books. Yes. I mean, he's a, he's a pretty prolific writer anyways, but he was going to retire, and he couldn't retire because he just kept writing, mm. <laughs> uh, if that says anything. But yeah, uh, what I found interesting about this is that Stephen King is notorious for being very um, judgmental, might be a word, critical could be a word, or sensitive about his works being adapted into films. We've talked about before how he hates The Shining. Mm -hmm. He's very public about how he thinks it was not a good movie because it didn't stay true to his story. Uh, I will say that he is a fan of this. He's also a producer on The Dark Tower, and he is happy with the way it turned out. Uh, which shocked me a little bit. Really? A, yeah, a little. All right, let's give the people some details, and then let's argue about this movie. Sure. Um, let so yeah, it's a it's I don't know. You want to give a, a brief plot synopsis? I'm just director and oh, gotcha. Yeah, just detail the the brass tacks of the thing. Yes. Um, it came out when? 
I actually want to make a quick correction. I did say that the budget was sixty thousand or sixty million, uh, which is true. Um, it was actually opening weekend that it made twenty million. It's sitting around thirty-five million right Oof. now, uh, which is still yeah, not good. It's not, it's not. If I was a betting man, they're not going to recoup. No, and it's running just over an hour and a half at ninety-five minutes. Um, like we said, it's Matthew McConaughey, Idris Elba, and this little kid named Tom Taylor, who I've never seen before. Dug him. Yeah, he, I think he did a good job as well. Um, and it was directed by uh, Nick Arcel. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head what he's done, but we can figure that out. Uh, it's essentially, this is where I'm going to have trouble. Why don't you tell me what the movie is about generally? Because I don't want to confuse my stories. So it was kind of like a, almost a good versus evil. Uh, it was like evil that wants to destroy the world versus kind of accidental good. You know, yeah. the kid... Reluctant. Reluctant. A reluctant hero. Reluctant hero and then also kind of an unknowing hero in the in the young man. He didn't realize he was going to play any part at all in this. In know? Tom Taylor's character, Jake? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so kind of like a just an overall science fiction-y fantasy, good versus evil, demons, and really cool gunslinger guys. Yeah. I would say in general, that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read the IMDb synopsis too, just to, to tighten up some of those corners here, if that's cool with you. It's basically what I just said, yeah. right? Uh, the last gunslinger, Roland DeShane, that's important so we know his name, yeah. uh, has been locked in an eternal battle with Walter Dim, I love also the, known as the Man in Black. love that his name was Walter. I hated it. That's hilarious. I don't know his name in the books yet, so that was kind so of a... I would think it'd be whatever. Walter. Yeah. Uh, determined to prevent him from toppling the Dark Tower. <laughs> you just don't want his name to be Walter. No. Uh, which holds the universe together. With the fate of the world at stake, good and evil will collide in the ultimate battle as only Roland can defend the tower from the man in black. I don't know. I feel like that was five sentences that said the same thing the first sentence said. But So that's a pretty critical point, though. Like, the 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 tower protects the universe. That is. So yes. that's important. If the tower gets destroyed, fire, brimstone, and hell, and demons, and all kinds of gnarly things will mm-hmm. be free to roam about the earth. All sorts of things that are hinted at but not explicitly explained. Which is one of my issues, but I don't. Yeah, let's get into that in a minute. Let's take a break, come back, um, and then we'll talk about specifics with uh, with regards to our feelings on this movie. Yeah, deal. Be right back. This episode is brought to you in part by the Handlebar. A craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico, California. Johnny, what can you tell me about them? So they're an amazing little spot. Amazing! They've got a bunch of ha- tap handles. Tap handles and happy hours. And happy hours. They've Seven got, days a week. Well, they've got one happy hour. That's true. But it's it's comprised of multiple hours of happiness. And multiple days. And all multiple the, days. All of the days. Like all seven. Yeah. Every single day. What time is that from? 2, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off any draft beer. That is a delicious offering. And they're always changing the lineup. Go and check them out any day of the week, 2 to 6. Get a dollar off that draft beer and grab some food while you're at it. They're a great local business and they support our podcast. Support local businesses that support me. I'm going there now. Let's go. And we are back from our break. I'm still in your line for the only time today. You can take it on the next break. How dare you, sir? I dare. So, yeah, we had a nice little break. We talked about some intimate things. And now we are uh, recording a video to our CBE group on Facebook. I don't know why I said our group. It's not our group. But so oh. if you happen to be watching on CBE and then you listen to this episode when it comes out. You can put, yeah, it's like internet inception. Yes. Man. You're like. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like Interstellar plus Inception. Interception. Interstellar. Interception. Interstellar. 
stellar inception. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, let's get back to the Dark Tower. Yeah, because you didn't like it. No, I didn't like the movie. You did. I liked it a lot. So let's hash this stuff. Yeah, out. I'm worried that if you go first, all of my points will be cutting yours down. And I don't necessarily want to take it that way. So let's go. I can go first. Yeah. Wait, um, you're the negative one. Tell me why you didn't like it. I'll tell you why you're wrong. All right. Fair enough. That's sort of. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me address it as a book reader first. You just said in the before the break you're going to address it as a movie. For, for that part. Uh, I, I wanted to give my general opinion, which doesn't really change. You're confusing not only the listeners, but, right, sorry, but your yeah. co-host. And yeah. Very, all sorts of people. Very confused right now. Um, so let me do as a book reader first. Okay. Very briefly. Um, so I've only read the first book, as I said, and I'm not even quite finished with it. But essentially, spoiler alert for the first book, it's called The Gunslinger in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King. It chronicles the journey of Roland through the desert after the Man in Black. He's that, just trying to get him. That's basically the entire book. That's it. Yeah. And there's there's situations where you there's some action and, and it's all really good. My biggest issue, though, that I found between the book and the movie that I saw today is that I got a really good taste of the world in the book. It was very well established. It's bleak, it's dreary, and and dry, and desolate, and hopeless, and... It was a desert. It's a desert. I got that. But it's even more than that. It's an uber desert? The desert itself is a character in the book. Okay. You know, it's really well developed, and, and it's just it's just this horrible sense of dread and death that's the entire time. Well, that sounds like a bummer. And yeah, it's a huge bummer, but yeah. you really start to appreciate the situation that Roland's in, uh, Idris Elba's character again. And you just don't get, it flies through in, in, in the movie. Like we were saying, it's, it's taking the entire series, all eight books or whatever, and trying to shove it all into one movie. And I imagine that every book is as detailed as the first. Hmm. See, I didn't know that. Right. I've never read any of the books. Right. So, so that's my book critique. Okay. Um, but from just a movie perspective, I didn't ever feel drawn in. And I do think that part of it was, e- even if I hadn't known about the books, I just, it, none of it felt cohesive. Um, I just saw a movie. What was, oh, it was Blade Runner. Uh, the original Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. And something about that world or Children of Men saw that oh. recently. Everything about those settings were believable. I completely bought the fact that we were, uh, you know, in a in a world where children aren't being born anymore, and it's kind of still civilized, but not really. And I just couldn't connect the dots in the the setting of this movie. Also, Matthew McConaughey's villain, like, just didn't. He was so evil, and I didn't really get why he wanted the tower to fall, except for he's evil. He wanted to kill everyone. And I guess. So is he just the 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 personification of evil? Yeah. I guess it just wasn't much depth to him too. And I think some of the dialogue was lame. I did enjoy some of the moments, some of them, where Roland was experiencing this new world. Like the hot dog quote was really funny to me. Um, and I don't want to undersell the action. The gunfight stuff was amazing. See, I thought that was one of the weakest parts. Really? Yeah. See, I just like the special effects of it. It was good. It was nice to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll jump in with more as it comes up, but what did you enjoy? I loved the whole movie. It went by in like the blink of an eye. Like I was like, oh, it's over. Shoot. Okay. That was awesome. Uh, It was viciously entertaining. It was nice to look at. I really liked that they didn't spend forever explaining everything. Huh. I like the simplicity of that. He's the bad guy. 
We don't need to know why. We know essentially why every bad guy is bad. We can make our own assumptions. And all of the gadgets and the spells and the magic that he uses, he just has magic. We don't need an explanation why. It just is. And I appreciated that. It kind of let you fill in some of the gaps for yourself. And I see as like, I see that coming from someone that's maybe read the books, that's infuriating. But as a moviegoer going to be entertained, I appreciated it. Yeah, I I think that's, those are a lot of good points, actually. I, I completely see the merit in a film where you're strictly going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think. And that's what a film is. No, maybe not the second part, not not having to think. Like, I well, not, enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. But you kind of think for yourself in this one. Yeah, I think to an extent, part of the issue I had was some of the exposition that was laid out. I almost think that there wasn't enough opportunity for us, to, or even for the actors to fill in the blanks, um, particularly with the Jake character. Uh, I think that kid has a lot of acting potential, especially in in delivering nonverbal lines or nonverbal feelings. And so I guess minor spoiler here. This is a nice, I did enjoy this tie in too. They referenced Stephen King's thing that he's talked about before with his uh, telepathy stuff. The shining. With the shine, yeah. So Jake has the shine and it's his ability to kind of connect on a deeper level. From the shining. Right. Yeah. Um, And with something like telepathy, you have this opportunity for an actor to portray a lot with her face. And there's a scene where uh, Jake is really, really angry. And it's about something that happened. And instead of letting him play that out with his acting ability, they gave him a little line just to say, and I I don't want to spoil it now because we'll do it after the break where we kind of go unhinged with spoilers, but um, I would have really enjoyed, there's moments like that throughout the whole movie that I noticed that was like, just let him him act. Yeah, see, and I feel like, in that instance, um, like the bad guy can track them, him through his mm-hmm. his shining, and that comes out in his emotions. So to me, that was displaying him having superb mental control. Man in black. Be- what the man in black? No, the kid. Oh, like him being able to control his thoughts and his mind, and not let his emotions go because he knows it could screw the whole thing. Uh, you know. Yeah. Because, I mean, Idris Elba's character even says to him, like, you can't let your mind go there. Mm-hmm. You need to close your mind. <clears throat> and That's so, interesting. Yeah. And he's, it's no spoiler, this kid's going to have, like, crazy psychic power. Yeah. Like, you can kind of just see that coming. So the fact that he does have that mental capacity, like, I I took that as being displayed in that moment of him just closing mm. off his mind, being able to control his thoughts and his thought processes and not let his mind go where he doesn't want it to and let emotion take over. Yeah, okay. I could see that too. Having yeah, maybe as as watch or as viewers we had to have that spelled out a little bit. See, um, I've read so many fantasy books about like psychic energy and stuff and like mm-hmm. it's like I'm kind of familiar with all of like the concepts of like if someone's trying to like get inside your head, not mm. not literally, but like in the context of like a fantasy world as yeah. far as like psychic energy and the way it attacks a mind and stuff. If you're not super familiar with that, it's going to come off as kind of confusing. I get that. But as someone that's kind of familiar with the whole context of the psychic energy in a fantasy setting, like I, I get it. Yeah. I think another issue I had was I wasn't necessarily ever sure who to be afraid of. Mm. Um, obviously the man in black is our main guy, but there were all lots of like little villains or not villains. Uh, monsters might be more appropriate scattered throughout the film. Well, they all worked for the man in black. Not all of them. Well, the same like group. So like you have, you have like henchmen. There's right. There's a ton of henchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, not all human. Then there's like demons. And then there's also like monsters. 
So the demons and the monsters were the same thing because they got through the the barrier. No, think this is actually tough to talk about without spoiling. Stuff. All right, we'll talk about footnote that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We should talk about the plot of this movie in some way. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I guess. Um, you felt that it was. I mean, I think too. Like this movie, I think would have benefited from being a little bit longer, especially with something this epic. Even not knowing the books, this is a this is a big story. You can tell going in, it's like it's a big thing. Yeah, and I would have been fine if this movie were twenty or twenty minutes, uh, two hours long. Um, I'm trying to think of one. Like even last week, Ghost Story was a good length. Yeah, it was a slow enough movie that by the end I was like, okay, I'm I'm satisfied. This is good. Kind of done with this movie, but I could have taken another half hour of the story told to me. Yeah, and maybe it was it would be used to develop the world that they were in. That would have made me happier. I feel like this this story. It could have been kind of done two ways. It could have been made about three, four movies, mm-hmm. or it could have been made one really simple movie. Yeah. They decided to make one really simple movie, and I think that's what it was. It was a simple movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just a super consolidated version of all of the content. Yeah, this is where I struggle using words like good and bad because I I will swear by the fact that this was a bad movie and you'll swear that it wasn't. Um, so I guess it really comes down to expectation. No, oh, bad movie. I mean, like, what are you judging it against, and what would you qualify a good movie as? Like, what would have made it a good movie in your opinion? Like, well, no, the stuff that I was saying, like, I'm judging it against. Um, in in from my view, like, just basic stuff that filmmaking would have. I didn't believe the characters or the development. I don't know when. Like, it was just assumed that Roland was going to stop disliking this kid that was annoying. And then all of a sudden, they have this loving bond. And I didn't buy that. I didn't buy the evil that Matthew McConaughey was or the the um, the weird dichotomy that they had, uh, Roland and the Man in Black. Um, a lot of the script didn't work for me. The world itself didn't work. Uh, I did think that it was shot really well. It I did like pretty. a lot of the shots. I enjoyed watching that. And they had a couple scenes where you saw the tower... And some really, really wide shots of, of the, the worlds that we're going into. Mm-hmm. I thought those were done really well. Um, but some of the things that I have on like a checklist of going into movies that I think are good, uh, this didn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I liked it all. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about movies. It's great for that. Yeah. Reason. I kind of got like the gruff relationship between those two. And I don't know. I kind of, I like the, the understatement of the acting. I really think it worked well. I like that there wasn't explained that, like, maybe he did like that kid. He was just grumpy about some other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, he had his own issues. You can't expect him to love some kid immediately. Yeah, and I guess, too, it wasn't made super clear how long they were on this journey. Yeah. So that could be tough. Maybe maybe it should have been, or maybe it was implied and I missed it, or it should have been implied that, you know, they were developing a relationship for a long time. I've read a lot of fantasy books. Mm. A lot. Okay. I've read a lot of comic books, and the best way I think I can describe this movie is it's fun, it's Hmm. really vague, it's like if you have a favorite fantasy book that got turned into a comic book that got turned into a movie. Yeah. That's what, like, I was thinking the whole time. Like, this is just a super, almost dumbed-down version, I mean, of what it is. It's like a series of books with tons of information. I think that's one of the problems that I would have, or maybe a lot of fantasy readers would have with, and this is obviously me going back to the book reader in me, but one of the reasons I love fantasy as a genre is how in-depth it is. I would have a problem if a fantasy book that I loved was turned into a comic, and that comic was was 
what was based to make the movie on. Sure. Um, yeah, it comes at, from the book perspective. Like I was saying, it just comes back to how much detail was put into the first book Yeah, and used to just really establish what we were dealing with. And um, I was reading a little bit about what this movie drew from, and it was kind of an amalgamation of all the books, but it drew from uh, different aspects. So it had a little bit of the desert, a little bit of whatever else we saw in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it would have, I think there was too much. Yeah. Yeah. I would have, it would have been fine with, with half the, half the even settings, which again, can't be specific right now, but see, I think that would have made it just a lot slower. It would have definitely. And I don't think what they were going for was a slow movie. No, but I think it would have put the, the gravity of the situation and the pacing on the actors and the story itself rather than all these rapid scene changes. I think that goes back to what I was saying. Like it, they could have either done one mm-hmm. really simple movie yeah. or a few really detailed movies. Yeah, and what's blowing my mind is back to what I was saying earlier is that Stephen King is good with this. So See, I'm good with it. Yeah. Like I'm good with it. I liked it. Yeah. I'm good with it. You I'm know, with Stephen if, King on this one. If the author of the book as a, I think he's a producer in the movie or was on board as maybe a screenwriter. He signed off. Yeah. And that's something. Um, I can't re- like, I feel pretentious being like, I disagree with the author on his own work, but I hey, don't know. Hey, Steven. We yeah. Got, we got beef. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's, um, we didn't rate our first, we haven't finished our first. No, period. we're still sipping. It was a 750 and there's two, we're but two men. Yeah. We are but two. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious. Should we rate it and then take a break and then spoil this movie? Yeah, that feels good to me. Did we? We didn't talk about the plot, but I think we kind of covered the plot at the same time. We, yeah, we, I think we covered the basics. I'd like to talk specifics, so I, I'm okay. more eager to jump to a break. So I can, all right. That that said, if you guys haven't picked up on this, if you're waiting to see the movie and are trying to go in relatively spoiler free, go see the movie, then come back because we're gonna uh, put. Lay it all out to bear. We're starting break. starting a brand new format where after our last break of every single show, we will continuously from this episode forward mm. uh, rip the movie apart, give away all of the juicy details and the spoilers, and talk to you like you just saw the movie with exactly. us. Exactly. That's a really good way of putting that. But before we do, we're going to rate our first beer, The Changeling by Boulevard. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this a nine. Nice. That's I love it. really good. I'm going to take one more sip before I uh, totally make up my mind. Sip it. Anything you're, you're missing that doesn't give you a ten? Um... Honestly, my taste personally for sours has been um, declining as of late. Mm. Um, I could do with this being a bit less sour. Mm-hmm. That's really the only thing I could like. I would like a little bit more sweetness, a little bit more like roundness, maybe a little bit more chocolatey. Okay, something like that, just to balance out the tartness a little bit. But I mean, it's a dark sour, so you can't yeah. get mad at a beer that's called dark sour being sour. Yeah, it has warmed up um, quite a bit. Yeah. Significantly, it's basically room temp right now. Yeah, and I, uh, it was better cold. I yes, think I agree. Uh, Pop some ice cubes in it. Huh. <laughs> add some Sprite. Right. I yeah, I liked it more when it's cold, but now that it is not, I don't know. I'm gonna give it like a seven. Okay. It's good, but it, it's lingering now more than I'd like it to. Yeah, that's fair. I was my rating was based on it being cold. I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. seven for me, nine for you. Still sticking with it. And that is Boulevard. Changeling. Changeling. Yeah. So we's about to change your minds and change your lives and we come back with spoilers to this movie, so stick around. 
Johnny, I have bad news. What is the bad news? All of my podcasts are gone. They're just gone from my phone. I'm out of podcasts. Well, you ate them? What happened? They're just gone. I don't know, man. I need something else to listen to. You have any ideas? Yeah, you should for sure listen to a book. What do you mean? This like an audiobook? It's, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like reading, but you don't have to read. You can do stuff with your hands while you're doing it. Yeah, it's like getting read a story. Where can I get one of those? Um, you're going to want to go to Audible and check it out. I've heard of Audible. They have over 180,000 titles, don't they? That's correct. And it's available on any smartphone. And right now, for listeners of this podcast, we have a special promo with them. If you go to audibletrial.com slash FHC, you get a free 30-day trial and a risk-free download of any book you want. That's insane. Here's the thing, though. I, I'm sure I'll love it, but if I don't love it, can I keep my download? If you decide you don't want your Audible subscription, you can cancel anytime within 30 days and keep the free book. Well, that's crazy. I'm just going to go over to audibletrial.com slash FHC and get that download now. I highly recommend you do. It's time to drop some spoiler bombs. Indeed it is. It's time. But before we get there, it's time to hit this new beer. Let's hit it. And like, quit it and get on to this movie. Exactly. So that was a good break. Yeah. Max peed. I did. I replied to all your comments on CBE. Uh, my dog peed. Sweet. For what Did you worth. pee outside with Rhaegar? No, he actually has a pretty trajectory. 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 Hmm. Tra- hmm. He's got some He has solid. diarrhea that comes out in a straight line and shoots really far. Yeah. So right it, now, I don't know what he ate, but something. Well, you just said your dog peed, but now it sounds like he peed out of his butt. He did both. At he didn't same. pee and diarrhea out of it. He peed, then he then it was. I was gonna say, did they happen at the same time? Maybe. Guys, I missed a lot sitting here at the Ish. Fresh Hop Cinema studio instead of going outside, apparently. You know? Nature's where it's at. You learn a Dude, lot. Dude, I could have pooped outside with your dog. It would have been could've. crazy. <laughs> uh well, since I missed out on that, uh, I'll have to shoot for that next time. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah. and that me and Rhaegar. We're gonna yeah, be, have a great time. be poo buddies for life. I don't want to undersell this beer. I feel like I just said something that made it sound like I wanted to glaze over it. So I want to be clear. I'm yeah. excited for Let's this. Let's hit it and quit it. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Like a prom date? This what? is I think inappropriate. We've so. discussed that Flanders style red ales are some of my favorite sours. Yeah. And that's what we're approaching here. So I uh I was very pleased that you wanted to do this beer because yeah. I, I have one in my fridge I've been waiting to open with you. Nice. Because I know you would like it. The one of these specifically? Yeah. Well, yeah, different bottle, same beer. Right. I feel like that's enough. Uh, that's enough. Yeah, what is that, a 2016? This is a 2016 uh, from the Banner series from Crux, Better Off Red. It's a barrel-aged Flanders-style red ale. Uh, I've had it before. I enjoy this beer thoroughly. Um, I enjoy talking about movies thoroughly. Yeah, I've it's, never had it before. Okay. I am hoping to enjoy it thoroughly. I also enjoy talking about movies thoroughly. Yeah, I like this new segment where we just talk about it like you were sitting in the theater next to us yeah it's very liberating as um as a podcaster and as a man quite frankly how do you mean just in general makes me feel good okay just, great just as a human just just, just as a human yeah. just being untethered uh, i can just be free in all my glory to talk about the movie there's no restrictions like i can tell you matthew mcconaughey dies it's fine yeah exactly um let's i'm gonna read a couple things in this bottle real quick I have to quote Jameson real quick. Please. So he commented. Oh, that was funny, yeah. Yeah, it, it was worth commenting. Worth stealing. And was the villain pretty good, or was it just, all right, all right, all right? It was quite funny. That's a Matthew McConaughey quote, folks. Yeah, from Dazed and Confused, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? I don't know. It's, I just At this point, it's from Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, right? And that's just him. But, I think yeah. it's from Dazed and Confused. I think you're probably right. Yeah. That's the same movie with the drive through scene? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, Spicoli? Yeah. Wait. Was that the same movie? I don't know what Spicoli is. I just assumed you were right. Yeah. 
Well, sorry. that's just the right it's move. Also, and not sorry because I just trusted you, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna read uh, read something here. This is on the the bottle here. It says so. The, the Banish series, for what it's worth, uh, is a series that Crux does. The Tough Love was in it. Um, they have other beers, probably, and I'm not sure what it is. But the idea behind it, and this is verbatim, says this: It was for their own good. Beers in this special series are banished for months in oak barrels, allowing flavors to mature, meld, and mellow. That's where the banishing comes from. This beer contains live yeast. Take it even further by storing in a dark place at 50 degrees to 60 degrees Fahrenheit for one to three years. We've had this. We haven't, but it's been around for about a year. How long have you had it? Today. Sweet. Yeah, I got it for the show. Nice. Because it's another, uh, well, it's another sour. It's not. It's a dark it's, sour. It's a dark sour, yeah. Red's not a light beer, so. Right. Yeah, it's a dark uh, and, sour. And the description of the better off red here, it's, uh, again, aged in wine barrels with, with Britannomyces. It's a Flanders red, maybe called the Burgundies of Belgium, but we age our take on this complex style in red wine barrels for about a year with Brett-induced secondary fermentation. A fresh batch will present spicier notes, while older versions pick up more oak and yield cherry flavors. So we blended them, figuring we're better off presenting this exotic melange simultaneously. Melange. Yeah. It's a fun word. It also notes that the total acidity is 0.79. I don't know what that means, but that sounds great. There's a total acidity? Yeah. Whoa. I don't know. I don't hey, what's the date today? The 14th? 15th. 15th. Uh, so this is actually bottled on the 21st of August last year. So just about a year old. I filled out so much paperwork today, and I know that it was the 15th. Right. Yeah, I went to the bank, and I looked like an idiot. I feel like bankers always know what day it is. Well, they've got the the giant calendar, mm-hmm. like the four-by-four. Like four, four, yeah. Yeah. Or inspirational quotes from Gandhi. Or Gary Larson cartoons. Oh. Miss Gary Larson. I don't know who that is. The Far Side? Mm-mm. I don't know a lot. That's okay. I just know that about myself. I've got, I don't know much. I've got like his whole collection of coffee table books. So he's an author? No, he's a, a comic. He's like a, a comic. he was a comic strip writer and artist. For like newspapers. Yeah. He was in newspapers for like the eight, like all of the eighties and nineties. Who what's what uh, notable strips did he write? The Do Far you know? Side. That's a comic strip. Yeah, that was the name okay. of the comic strip. What was that about? It was character study more than anything. Hmm. Observational humor. Okay. Little of everything. Um, there's um, one of his most famous ones. I've got a coffee mug, but it's two deer standing upright, just talking to each other like we would be talking right mm-hmm. now. And um, one's got like a target on his stomach. Mm-hmm. And the quotes at the bottom of the comic strip are just, that's a bummer of a birthmark, Hal. That's funny. <laughs> just stuff like <laughs> yeah, that. Okay. They're just yeah. dry, sarcastic. Like there's one comic that my all-time favorite it's there's no words underneath it, but it's it's a, a drawing of a, a chicken factory, like where they're processing chicken, mm-hmm. and you just you're looking at it like trying to wonder like what's going on. And above the trash can, there's a, a basketball backboard with a net, mm-hmm. and it just says gizzards. All right, just I get subtle. it. Subtle, yeah, it's so good. Uh, he's dead now. Uh, I don't know if he's dead. I just know his comic strip is retired. How did he come up? I don't know. I don't know either. No, he must have said something. <laughs> I guess. Huh. That's a really good question. Gary Larson. Is he related to Brie Larson? No, I don't know. Couldn't have tied her into this anyways, so that's okay. That's all right. Huh. Well, if you think of it, let me know, because now I don't remember why I that don't remember either. Um, wow. So, the acidity, by chance? Or the date? Bankers, maybe? Bankers in the calendars. Calendar. Oh, right. my God. Okay, we're there. Got it. Dear Lord, good, we're, we're idiots. That's fine. This is amazing. <laughs> 
Yes. Uh, this is amazing, actually. This uh, this Better Off Red. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. It actually finishes a little bit drier than I thought. It's a nice, clear, um, like, amber. Yeah, like an orangey pink. Mm-hmm. It's about orangey pink. Is. Orange, orangey pink, I didn't say banana. I don't know. Uh, third mm. segment. Okay. This is where we're the most drunk that we will be all night. I mean, technically speaking, we've had the most alcohol that we'll have. Yeah. Yeah, so that seems fair. Man, Until, it is kind of tart, huh? Whew. This is robust. You remember when you, or do you ever have the Coca-Cola with real sugar? Yeah. And then you grind your teeth and it's got like a weird. Mm-hmm. Like how? Yeah, like a hurt. Yeah. And that's, then you just wash it down with a jawbreaker. Right. Or a, a warhead. Ooh. Or, or, or like a warhead. That's like a perfect example. When you eat a warhead that, oh God, it hurts just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Makes your teeth grind in a weird way. That's because of all the jawbreakers. Maybe. Yeah. This this gives me the thing. I can't even talk because it's. My glands are like, my mouth is watering You're so much. You're secreting so much fluid. Oh, um, no, I get the same kind of um, same kind of coating on my teeth. Mm. I could see that. I do think I like it, though. It's just, I think this is too much. Yeah. Important to note, note that the Better Off Red is half the size of the Changeling, and it's already feeling more intense. Way more intense. Yeah. I like a nice mellow Flanders Red. This is intense. Yeah, this beer's got... Huevos. It's got a chutzpah. It's got a chutzpah. Yeah, a lot of it. Um, do you like it? It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a lot more than I'm looking for in, yeah. in a red. Mm-hmm. But I think it's exactly as advertised. Yeah, this this should be shared with five people. Yeah. And this it's, is not a two-person bottle. This is a 375. Mm-hmm. So that's saying something. This is like a one-ounce beer. Yeah. Yeah, this is intense, man. This is going to give you heartburn for sure. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I like it. This is just too much. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the movie. Let's spoil some yeah. stuff. Let's do that. Uh, and let's uh, come back to it. Okay. Let's put it on a shelf. I want to... There's a line that stuck with me. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is, again, expositing something to his bad henchman about the gunslinger. Mm-hmm. And he's like explaining that he, he says it twice in the movie, just about verbatim. He goes, he has a strong resilience to my magics. And he says magics plural, which I thought was funny. My magics. My magics. And the first time he says it, he says it to Roland in a flashback with his father. Mm-hmm. His dad died. Kills his dad right away. He goes, stop breathing. And, and his like, dad's oh, like, Bleh. and then Roland's like, breathe, breathe, also, breathe. Doesn't breathe. His dad is the all state. Guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're in good hands. That's why he's familiar. I can't do his voice. Yeah. He's got like the sexiest narrator yeah. voice. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman-esque in its just candor and quality. So the, yeah, the second most. I would say Morgan Freeman and then him mm. probably. I like his voice more than Morgan Freeman. Really? I think. Yeah. I'd like to see him more voiceover work. Voiceover fight off. Vo- voiceover duel. I like it. Um, but yeah, so there's that scene, right? And he, that's like one of his go-tos for killing people. He just points at them and goes, stop breathing. He did it twice in the movie. Twice? Twice. Yeah, he's got weird uh, magic. He also set someone ablaze. Right, he does that. He makes he can change people's emotions, I guess. When he walked by the little girl. With the ice cream. And was like, hate. Was just, yeah, just hate. And her eyes go completely black, and then they clear out, and she's just glowering at her mom like she wants to eat her throat with her teeth. Mm-hmm. It was so great. Right, so there's a scene where... I so, talk to little kids like that all the time. Hate. Just learn. Yes. <laughs> just hate your mother. Yeah. They don't um, listen, though. No, they know better than that. Yeah, whatever. I need a tailored suit. Also, I'm confused because at one point he sets the guy on fire, right? Yeah. And then 
he's talking to that guy about the afterlife for a second. He's like, can you see it? And then he goes, no, you can't because there's nothing there. And the guy goes, go to hell. And he's like, I've been there. And I'm like, have you? Because that's afterlife territory. So it's either it's a little bit contradictory. Yeah, little ah. Let's edit. Okay, that's fine. Um, no, but the one that got me was when he was describing his his magics to his henchmen. I got the magics. He goes, the gunslinger has. I want to see if I can find the quote and drop it in. We'll see. But he goes, the gunslinger has this resilience to my magics. And then I swear this is almost exactly what he says. He goes, so basically I've tried to kill everybody he ever loved. Or something like I think he said, I have killed everybody. He definitely said basically. Basically. I specifically remember thinking basically really was extra laughable. Oh my god. I think I laughed out loud in the theater because he's just like he's like he's like rubbing his hands at that point. He's like holding his little orbs like I've basically killed everyone he's ever cared about. <laughs> or like I've made it, I've basically made it my life mission to, I, I don't know what it was. But uh I thought I that think was you're getting funny. hung up on minor details here. Maybe. But it, I think he, he didn't have a ton of lines. Basically, you're getting hung up on minor details. Basically, you're probably right. You need to respect the tailored suit and the exposed chest. It's very so macho. So much exposed chest. Very macho. Very manly. I could almost smell Matthew McConaughey's musk. Yeah, which I didn't want to do. No, but apparently he's got a healthy musk. Yeah, I believe that. I've listened to a few podcasts and heard some interviews of people all like doing Saturday Night Live with him. Doesn't use deodorant. Uh, oh. Apparently is a big fan of his own aroma. That's weird. I, I don't it's care. His, it's his. It's his musk. It's very manly. You're, you can't be. You're in the mainstream. You have. You're an actor, and you see people all the time. And I'm all for not using deodorant if you're not that person. Like there are certain social standards you have to upkeep if you're going to be wearing suits around other people in suits and dresses. He's going to wear an Armani suit and just stink to That's high. That's so weird. It. Well, it's not weird if it gets your juices running. I guess. It's the pheromones just aren't hitting you right. Yeah, but let's talk about the last fight. You're not his target demographic. That's true. All right, all right. Not all Max. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Not Max. I didn't like the last fight scene either. Um, I did. Yeah? I really liked how it ended. Uh, which part? The, the deflecting bullet. Oh, yeah? That was dope. It was, yeah. It just, I don't know. Okay, so set the stage. Matthew McConaughey's sure. super psychic powers. He's like picking stuff up with his mind, and he's got like this group of rocks, and he's fighting the gunslinger. So the gunslinger's got bullets. I think we got to establish even further, or even even previously, like Idris Elba's character, Roland, is, a, he's a marksman of marksmen. He shoots these two pistols, right? He's the gunslinger, yeah. They nod to the fact that the pistols are forged from Excalibur. Pretty dope, basically. Pretty, come on, and he is great. He doesn't miss ever. He like he's he is he gets it. He's and he's got this, a sweet mantra, right? So they have the the creed of the gunslinger, which we won't bore you with now, unless we should drop it in. Do you want to drop it in real quick for people to listen to? Idris, bring it. I do not aim at my hand. He who aims with his hand has forgotten the face of his father. I aim with my eye. I shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. I do not kill with my gun. I kill with my heart. So that's that. Yeah, powerful. 
It made me want to just do some push-ups. Yeah. Just- and at one point, like, he has Jake reciting it. Yeah. And that's almost too cheesy for me. That was a weird montage where they were like... Not really, because Jake had heard it before. He had heard... No, no, no. Sorry. This is the first time I'm talking, when they are both shooting the cans. Oh, yeah, So yeah. he teaches him then. No. The kid had heard it before in his dream. Oh, is that right? He knew about his dad. He watched his dad die. Oh, that's right. He they heard, said it then. So the kid knew it already. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Maybe um, you didn't like this movie because you weren't paying attention. No, that cannot be the reason. <laughs> or that can't be the detail that means I didn't pay attention. Fair. Anyways, he's a great shot, right? And then Matthew McConaughey has these magics. He's got the magics. Hands, the magic did he really stick. say magics? Also, oh my God, there's another scene in the movie. He did say magics. Like twice. they should have cut in hearts, magic man. Yeah. Or I got the magic stick. The magic stick. I'll take you to the candy shop. Yeah. There was one scene where he said something, and I swear I thought he said something else, some profanity that was not what he said, but it sounded so close. Well, what was it? I can't remember. It was towards the end when he, remember that girl, alien girl that he was like, you picked a pretty face, you have a pretty face, you can take over the world or whatever. Yeah. Right? He burns her face at some point after that. It was almost right after that. And I can't remember what it was. Well, it doesn't matter. Um, I hear crickets. Yeah, I think those are real crickets outside. Yeah, those are. That's depressing. It's uh, it's 9.20 at night right now. We're usually done earlier than the crickets come out. So Yeah. Not tonight. Now they're applauding us with their legs. Mm-hmm. I they did. just rub them, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's actually a mating call. Basically, there's there's bugs outside trying to bone. That's awesome. I like it. Yeah. It comforts me to know that the world is going on. The world, they don't care. The world's going on outside. Happening in the no. World. They're just going to have sex. They're, they're, trying, they're trying to get down. Okay. Let's talk about the final fight. Now that we have our characters established. Yes. He has magics. He has guns. Okay. I, I and then there's go Jake. Back. I got to go back and see if he actually says He says magics. magics twice. Jake is in a chair. He's been kidnapped. They're trying to launch his brain at the dark tower. Correct. And he's fighting them off. He's like, you can't have my brain. He's just not saying it, but he's thinking it. Right. But yeah. And Roland can see him through this portal, but in between Roland and the kid... Or is is the man of black? And it's like finally we meet face to face again. Also, there's three levels of the world, and they're in mid world. Right, the uh-huh. earth is on the. There's a lot of details that we're leaving out. That yeah, people. Yeah, you'll figure it out. It's yeah. not a complicated movie. You'll no, it. it's not complicated, but it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the final fight, Matthew McConaughey's powers are kind of showcased more than they have been in the whole movie, as far as just his physical fighting prowess. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got some pretty sweet moves. He's got. Telekinesis. My my point is Roland can sh- is a dead shot, right? He's yeah. perfect. Matthew McConaughey catches his bullets. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's all I was trying to say earlier. I don't when whenever that was. Yeah. So that's the thing that happens. That's what he does. Yeah. He has a lot of reactionary powers. He'll like if he gets shot at, he'll catch the bullet and throw it back really hard. Roland shoots glass and he stops the glass shards and sh- shoots the glass shards at Roland. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. So they kind of go back and forth, and at one point. Uh, Matthew McConaughey shoots like a shard of glass through one of his hands and then... Def- Not his own hands. No, Roland's through hand. one of Roland's hands and he drops his gun. One then, gun left. Yeah, and then they're shooting each other and it's chaos and he's hiding behind some stuff and then he shoots at, at Matthew McConaughey and like deflects the bullet back and it goes through his wrist. So now Roland is gunless. Yeah. Or I think it goes through his hand again too. No, the other hand. That's what I'm saying. The yeah, glass okay. went through one, the other bullet, right, the right. second bullet went through his other hand's mm-hmm. wrist. So he's like, Matthew McConaughey just takes a bunch of rubble and mm-hmm. moves it with his mind and buries him with it. Buries Roland with it. And then the him. kid whose name I can't remember. Jake. Jake uh, from State Farm. Mm-hmm. So we got some. Lots of lots of insurance coming in. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're in good hands. Yeah. We need the mayhem guy. Yeah. Remember the mayhem guy? He's basically Matthew McConaughey. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Exactly like he same. could have played the same character. <laughs> yeah. That would have been dope. Uh, so Roland's buried by rubble. And he's done, right? He's beaten. And then Jake from State Farm in the head thing, trying to get his brainwaves into the tower, is like starting to say the gunslinger's creed. He's like, I do not, what is the first one? I do not aim with my hand. I do not aim with my eyes. I do not aim with my eyes. He who aims with his eyes, I've got the name of his father. I aim with my, whatever the he says. Yeah, I aim with my, my bone. Mind. I don't sword. know. Yeah. <laughs> my soul. I don't know. I aim with my shaft. <laughs> I don't know, man. Um, Very possible. Anyways, so, and that's like, that's like Roland's rallying cause. Like, all right, I yeah, he's that's his like uh, eye of the tiger moment. Exactly. Yeah, which was pretty rad because he can't shoot Matthew McConaughey, his character. He's just too fast to yeah. catch the bullets. So he's like, he's even trying to ricochet bullets. He's like, nope, caught it. Nope, caught it. Like, all of them. He's like, yeah, he's nothing. ricocheting bullets off of steel beams that are aimed at his face and he's catching all of them. Mm-hmm. So finally, he does like the coolest thing in the movie. Mm hmm. So Roland shoots a bullet straight at him, straight at him. And then he shoots another bullet and deflects it off of a rail and it hits that bullet and it misses Matthew McConaughey's outstretched hand to catch it, hits him in the heart. Mm -hmm. So friggin' cool. Dead. Dead. Matthew McConaughey. Not all right. Not all right. Not all right. Not all right. Yeah. Uh, I dug it. It was really cool. Yeah. I like that scene as well. It did feel like knowing what we know about the end of the movie that they have gone. So this is the thing with the books, right? That end scene when they finally come face to face is after they've done this time after time. See, now that would have been cool. It would have been great. But also like. Because they didn't go at each other once face to face in the movie besides the the moment when his father died, which was a flashback. Flashback. Um, But part of me feels like that's like you finally thought of this. You finally thought to shoot. Like, you're that good, obviously. Well, maybe he didn't know he could do that, dude. This isn't wanted with Angelina Jolie. That's all, and that's what I thought of, too. It's like, okay. I did, yeah. for sure. Yeah, curving the bullet around. It. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was good. It was a nice device, especially without the context of the rest of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it served its purpose. Um, also, we zoom back to Matthew McConaughey. He has a bullet hole in his head. Yeah. I don't know when he shot him again. He shot him a bunch of times did after he? he hit him, yeah. I didn't catch that. He, unlo- he hit him once, and then he stood up. Finish the credo or whatever, and then blast oh, it like right? five more times. I missed that part, I guess. You missed a lot. Yeah, you were not. He was into, dead. You were not into this movie. No, by that point, I was. I was pretty much positive I was done with it. That's crazy. I don't know. I was maybe I was just in the mood to be entertained. Maybe and maybe. And, and granted, like I was pumped for this movie for months and months, and from the second, uh, I don't know, they started with Jake. I was like, I don't, this isn't going to be what I was expecting. Mm. And I think I was prepped by bad reviews. Yeah. Which had to have some effect on me. I don't like reviews, man. Yeah. Yeah. Unless there's like one movie reviewer that mm. like you're so in tune with, you can count on them. Yeah. Just going en masse to movie reviews, it's going to ruin good movies for you. I just know that, and I don't necessarily put a ton of weight on every review I read, but there are some that I've gone back to. Um, namely, one of my top ones is Anne Hornaday from that book that I was reading. She does almost almost every movie that comes out, um, but I trust her opinion, and I know that she knows way more than me, so I read her stuff, and then I go in with that angle, 
seeing things that I might not see otherwise. Sure. And it's all like, oh yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. But I mean, if you adopt other people's perspectives and rate movies according to what they would think, don't you lose a bit of, uh, individuality? Yeah. That? But I'm not an expert yet. And I, I'm obviously not an expert yet. Um, I think still we are in the, yeah, in the beginning stages of analyzing film and I don't, you know, you got to learn from somebody. I suppose. Or you can just make your own mind up. Yeah. Who, I mean, they have to make their own mind up. What are they basing their opinions on? Film school, going to, like, learning, learing real, th- it'd be the same as, like, I decided to make my mind up about history. That's like saying you're going to be, like, a critique of writing. You know, writing is so subjective. Yeah, but you can be a literary critic. Yeah. A literature critic. Yeah. But that's, like, such another level, and I feel like cinema's on the same level of, like, I don't know. That requires so much, like, about, you know, filmmaking and, mm-hmm. like, you know, the composition aspects. And, like, so much of it is just, it's relative to perspective and personal preference. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's... Like, if it, there's a clear-cut, you know, set of rules to what makes a good movie good and a bad movie bad, they wouldn't still be making movies. They certainly still wouldn't be making bad movies. Sure. Right? Like, if you could buy the books, make a perfect movie every exactly. time. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of merit to be put on the point that a movie or any form of art is is what the recipient makes of it. Sure. Um, so like you could take, what's a terrible movie in your opinion? Oh God. I don't know. The last movie I didn't like on this podcast probably. I don't think we've seen a, ter- a genuinely terrible movie. I don't know. What's like a universally accepted terrible movie? Well, you have lists of movies that are like so bad that they're good. Yeah. You ever see Troll 2? No. But just like a a bad movie, like Tremors. I didn't... There's some movies that are so bad they become cult classics. Yeah. And those almost transcend into the good. Yeah. I don't Uh, know. I feel like everything's so subjective. How about like The Matrix 3? Okay. Matrix 1. See, I liked all of them. They just kind of got muddled and confused. Hmm. Like the story got wonky. I don't know. I think no matter how you consume cinema, I think it's important to make up your own opinions. And I think you should try watching movies a little bit less biased by by reviews. Yeah. I mean, I try to. That's fair. I I, I do try to go in without being biased. But yeah, it's I, hard. I try to though. balance the, the, the bias and the knowledge. Yeah. I remember like the first time you were like, it's got such and such on such and such. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. To be clear, the only reason I say that is because I want to go in, at least most of the time for us, watching the movie that I think will be the most enjoyable or the best movie or whatever for our podcast. Like, that, I mean, that makes sense. The movie that'll be most, 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 most worth our time. Most worth the, yeah, most worth the our best, time. The best content. Yeah. Like even, yeah. Yeah. No, and I get that. I just like, uh, personally... I enjoy consuming film without any, like I, I don't even read like critics and stuff like that. Even after I see a movie, Mm. maybe wait till after you see it and then read reviews. Yeah. Go off Rotten Tomatoes because that's a pretty good generalization of if it's going to be good or terrible. I don't know. But uh, you watch movies however you want. Yeah. That's what everybody's different. And maybe if you should not do that because then if we both go in. It'll just be a boring show. Yeah. It'd just be (laughs) terrible content. Yeah, this was a, a nice example of a civil discourse that we had today. I think so. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I think we're about there. Yeah. What do you give this movie in general? Uh, I'm going to give it uh, an 8.6. Okay. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very entertaining. 
Um, yeah, front to back, I really liked it. It was a solid action adventure kind of sci-fi fantasy movie. And if you're into any of those genres uh, or if you're a Stephen King enthusiast, I've heard mixed reviews on books versus movie. But just as a moviegoer, which I was, I really liked it. Fair enough. I am sitting pretty on a four. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a, you know, I just didn't, I didn't like it. I, I won't see it again. That said, it, it, you know, if, no, I'm, I'm trying to justify, trying to be a little more positive. If there were nothing else out that I was interested in, there were other things that I wanted to see. We passed I, Annabelle up for this. We did pass Annabelle, which I wasn't super excited for, but I would have seen it because it actually looked like a well-developed horror film. Yeah. Um, but I didn't get to see Detroit. I never saw The Big Sick, which was a bummer. We need to go see that. It's out. It's gone. Yeah. It's still playing somewhere. Not in this town, not in Reno, which are the two towns that I spend the most time Might in. Might do a second run. Maybe. If not, it'll be on DVD in a few months. Yes. Um, but I, that could be a nice movie to revisit. For I us. would like to do that movie on the podcast. Yeah, I'd be Even down. if it's on, on DVD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, this movie, it was fine to watch. As a book reader, personally, I didn't enjoy it. Fair. Um, but it was fine. It was a movie that I, I don't think I'll latch on to for very long. Yeah. Uh, but a fine action, like you said, sci-fi, fantasy, whatever you want to call it. See, I would watch this movie again in mm. a week. Interesting. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Meh. Well, if you guys see uh, The Dark Tower or you've had any of these beers, we want to know what you think. Please write us, uh, leave comments or uh, Snapchats. We don't have a Snapchat. No. We're uh, not going to get one because no. we're not 12-year-old We're girls. not. On Twitter, Instagram, all at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you'd like to uh, leave us an iTunes review or a rating, that'd be awesome. You can find us on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. We would super appreciate uh, making you a part of the family. And I think that's about it, right? Yeah. Anything else you want to hit? Leave us awesome iTunes reviews. I'll give you hugs for days. Yeah, and we'll give you a shout out next time we uh, we record. Yeah, we checked, and there hasn't been any recently. Yeah, so in the past none week. of you deserve yeah. shout outs right but now. But by the next episode, we'll, I'm hoping we'll have a few. Exactly. If you're hearing this, take the initiative. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, for Fresh Shop Cinema, my name is Max Bernardi. My name is Johnny Summers. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.